Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're so glad you joined us here for the conversation. Our study of the Gospel of Mark is focusing on the busy, productive, and life-changing work of Jesus in action. Now, let's join Kurt for today's episode. Good morning, friends. Thanks for joining us today for our next episode of Everyday Truth. I didn't bring up a postcard today, but I, I do have my coffee mug that says, I just want to drink coffee and pet my dog. <laughs> that, that Both of those activities are relaxing, drinking coffee and petting dogs. So uh, maybe that's what you're doing right now. But to whatever you're doing, I appreciate you joining us for the podcast. Uh, we uh, talked over the last couple of episodes about just the guilty conscience that Herod had during the ministry of Jesus because he erroneously thought that Jesus was John the Baptist raised from the dead. Why? Because he had killed John the Baptist and he still felt guilty about that. And guilt is one of those things that will live largely in our lives until we deal with it in repentance and faith. And what Herod needed is what all of us need. And that is the antidote that only the gospel provides. And we never read that he that he accepted. Uh, Herod had opportunity uh, to interact with Jesus only one time. Remember when that was? At the very end of Jesus' ministry. And Pilate was kind of in a conundrum about what to do with Jesus. And then when he was told that, hey, Herod is in town too for the feast, uh, I think Pilate was almost trying to pass the buck and Pilate sent Jesus to be questioned by Herod. And remember, Herod was delighted to see Jesus because for all of this time, he had always wanted to interview him. And remember, according to the passage we just read uh, last episode, Herod loved these conversations. He loved to hear messages. He loved to consider the conversations with religious people. He just didn't want to obey them. And when he interviewed Jesus and asked him questions there on that morning of his crucifixion, remember the Bible says, Jesus answered him not a word. And that incensed Herod insofar that Herod was part of the beating and the, the, the cruelty to Jesus on that morning of his death. And so that kind of rounds out the Herod story. Here we are in Mark chapter 6 and verse number 29, John has been executed. His head has been severed from his body. Uh, historians tell us that John had been kept in a fortress called Macaras, Macaras, depending on how you want to pronounce it, it was in the other side of the Dead Sea, uh, a place that Herod uh, the Great had built, but Herod Antipas, it was in one of his in part of his jurisdiction, and that's where John had been kept. Well, now John had had been killed. And to watch what the Bible says about the, the reaction of John's disciples to his, to his death, verse number 29. And when his disciples heard of it, they came and took up his corpse and laid it in a tomb. So the disciples of John the Baptist, who had literally just kind of seeing their master's ministry just decrease and decrease and decrease. And John had, had said that 
early on. He said he, referring to Jesus, he must increase. I must decrease. Remember when John the Baptist's disciples were complaining that the ministry of Jesus was baptizing more converts than they were? They were jealous. And John said, oh, no, no, that, that's the way it ought to be. He will continue to increase and I will continue to decrease. Insofar that decrease meant decease. And now he's dead. And his disciples are very, very distraught. In another passage, it says that they actually came up to see Jesus in Galilee. And almost at the same time that the disciples of John came with their, in their view, very depressing message that our leader has been executed, almost at the same time that they come to tell Jesus that, the disciples of Jesus have been out preaching their message. Remember, we talked about that several episodes ago where he had sent them out two by two. And they've been casting out devils. They've been doing healings. They've been preaching the gospel. They've been staying in people's homes. They've been shaking off the dust of their feet and the places that haven't received them. All of that is happening. So it's, it's as if one group is coming all the way from down south to see Jesus with really negative news. But the other groups, these six groups of two, they're coming back to see Jesus with primarily positive news. Look at verse number 30 of our text, and the disciples, the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all things, both what they had done, what they had taught. So this is their, their debrief. Uh, they're coming to debrief the Lord. Here's where we went. Here's what we taught. Here's what happened. Here are the details. That must have been a marvelous conversation as each group kind of reported to Jesus and to the other groups. Hey, we went to these villages. We saw this person healed. We saw this miracle take place. Uh, we saw these people receive the gospel. I mean, it's just a buzz of activity. And remember, the parallel passage is telling us that the disciples of John have given their message as well. So there's just a whole lot bouncing around in their brains. Good news, bad news, uh, all of this information. Verse number 31 and he said unto them, so with all of this happening, the, the busyness of the ministry in Galilee, uh, the depression of the disciples of John the Baptist, just all of these transitions and big events taking place, watch the response of Jesus to all of it. Verse number 31. And he said unto them, come ye yourselves apart unto a desert place and rest a while. Boy, that's such an important concept. I preached an entire message on this passage, and that is there, there are seasons in our service for the Lord, and especially is this true sometimes uh, for full-time servants of God. Why? Because the ministry can be extremely draining, not just physically, although I think there's a great physical toll that was taking place here among these apostles, but also just emotionally and spiritually as you just pour out, pour out, give out. And Jesus recognized that and says, come ye yourselves apart for a while and, and rest. You need to recharge your spiritual batteries. Now, there's a couple of significant principles, I think, even in that one little statement that the Lord gives. Okay, first of all, he says, come 
ye yourselves apart. Come. Not, not go. Go would indicate action from the sayer or from the speaker. Come is a, a, a verb that means to, to, he's beckoning for them to come along with him. So come ye yourselves apart and rest a while. And that's a great template. Uh, for every full-time servant of God or or laborer for the kingdom. I, I don't want to make a distinction because we all labor for the Lord. Sometimes we just need to get apart, don't we? Apart from the hubbub of the busyness of ministry, like Martha, remember, cumbered about much serving. We need to learn to study to be quiet, like Jesus told the church at Thessalonica there in 1 Thessalonians chapter number four. Busyness does not equate to godliness all the time. And while it's important to be busy in the work of God, uh, there are times inevitably that we need to rest and recharge. And so Jesus says, come ye yourselves apart. I think those times of rest, they're not, they're, they might be times away from ministry. They might be times away from people but they're not times away from the Lord. Matter of fact, it's important to get rest from the Lord, not not apart from the Lord. The Bible says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come unto me. Here, come apart with me is the idea. And the rest we get is a rest that comes from the Lord, not absent the Lord. So that's the first principle I wanted to show you here. So come ye yourselves apart and then uh, into a desert place. Get away from the venue of ministry. Get away from it into a place where these things aren't pressing upon you, where the people aren't badgering, where the, the ministry is not bustling, where you can get apart. Now, desert doesn't mean go to Arizona and sit by a cactus. That's not what desert means here. Desert simply means uh, a, a place devoid of people, hubbub, and activity. Deserted place. Uh, they actually went to a place that was by the sea. We're going to see that. They actually went to a place that had grass and was probably very nice to just enjoy with the weather and the season. So deserted doesn't mean, boy, you've got to go to some cliff somewhere and live in a cave. Sometimes it just means, hey, take a vacation. You know, get there by the beach somewhere, out by the mountains, and just enjoy God's nature and get away from people uh, for a season and ministry and let the Lord in that coming apart time recharge you in ways that only he can. So Jesus says, come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while. There's much to be said for rest. And the rest here is primarily physical rest. And then, of course, emotional rest and rest from decision-making. It's the kind of rest that Moses needed when Jethro said, this is not good. You're going to wear away, Moses. It's the kind of rest that we need when we go through a busy, inevitable, busy seasons in ministry. Uh, I had some episodes this last semester in my own life. And the doctor said, I thought I was having heart issues. I thought I was going to need a stint or something. And the doctor said, no, you just need rest. You need rest. Remember Elijah, who was struggling so much with his emotions and uh, the threat of Jezebel and running all that distance. No doubt he was physically fatigued. No doubt he needed just to sleep and eat. And the angel of the Lord allowed him to do that two days. He just slept and ate and slept and ate. But he also just needed rest right here. Rest under your soul. Isn't that what Jesus said? And so, 
come ye yourselves apart, uh, get alone with the Lord uh, to a desert place, get away from the hubbub of ministry, and then rest for a while. See, rest is not to be our, our new normal. Rest is to be a temporary, a seasonal thing for the purpose of coming back into ministry. So rest for a while. Sometimes people think rest is, I give up, I've done my job, I'm retiring, I'm not going back. And that's not right either. The point is reasons and seasons. And the Lord is teaching us that rest is an important cycle in the seasonality of ministry. Think about a given day. You know, if we're to get eight hours sleep, and that's probably about right. I know that most of us don't get that much. But one third of your life is dedicated to rest. God wired us that way. And so we need to look at ministry and and the hubbub sometimes the exact same way. Well, I hope that helps today. I didn't mean to just stop right there, but I think that's probably something that some of you needed to hear. And I hope that uh, that was a word to the wise today. We're, gonna, we're stopping right there in the middle of verse number 31. We'll come back to it next episode. Hope you'll join us for that. Uh, for now, have a great day in the Lord, and we'll see you next time. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If you enjoy Everyday Truth, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.